Welcome to the Book Corner. In this podcast, we'll be looking at everything about reading and literature, exploring loads of different authors, genres, cultures, and possibly even languages. Hi guys and welcome back to the book corner we hope you're happy and safe and you enjoyed last week's episode where Connor came home from the hospital and he goes back to school after the convo convulsion Um, and we also see his dad struggle this podcast is hosted by me Mel and me Will so welcome to a brand new episode and in this episode um, Connor's family his mum and dad and Connor meet the neurologist now neurologists are doctors who are specially trained to help diagnose people with epilepsy and we already know dr Choi, but i think he's just a pediatrician pediatrician is that we call it pediatrician neurologist isn't no dr Choi is a pediatrician like he's just a local oh no yeah he's a pediatrician yeah yeah. and but obviously because connor's uh he might have epilepsy, um, which, is doc- which is what Dr. Choi suggested. He's been transferred to a neurologist. And in this episode, they're meeting the neurologist. Um, right. So let's get straight into it. With chapter 23. So from the first line, I rarely remembered my dreams. I thought that this line kind of indicates importance of the, the dream that she's going to be talking about um, because she's saying she rarely remembers her dreams. However, she that kind of indicates that this dream is going to have importance because she's remembered it. Um, If that makes any (laughs) sense, I'm not sure. Um, And here it says, no matter how fast I ran, I could still feel its steamy breath on the back of my neck. So it's kind of like she's, I think this dream has a meaning, like lots of dreams. If you remember them, then it's probably got a hidden meaning. Um, And I kind of think, well, she kind of says, but the images that woke me the night before Connor's neurology appointment were a nightmare. A horse chasing me, and no matter how fast I ran, I could still feel its steamy breath. So it's kind of like she's trying to run away from Connor having epilepsy, and no matter how fast she tries, um, or how, how much she tries, it will always be there. Um, and I also wrote, I highlighted the word nightmare, Um, Because I thought that kind of shows that she has anxiety about it and it is a big problem for her. Otherwise, it would just be a dream. But she like describes it as a nightmare. So it's kind of a terror. Um, And this line in the beginning and fell into an open pit and suffocated at the bottom. I feel like it kind of shows that she doesn't want to do this anymore. She doesn't want to deal with any more drama any more illnesses she just wants her son to be okay and she just doesn't want to i don't know she just she wants to fall into a pit and suffocate at the bottom basically she doesn't i mean she's not saying that she wants to but i feel like it kind of indicates that she just doesn't want to do deal with it anymore yes um and then i wrote down that this these few lines was like kind of creeping anxiety and panic which I noticed throughout this book so far, she does quite a lot. Um, what would the neuro- neurologist find today? What would he do? Could Connor have a brain tumour after all? It's kind of like question after question after question. And they're big questions, is not little questions. Um, and it's kind of like a creeping anxiety. Yeah. Um, I also said, 
I couldn't let go of the deep terror I had felt ever since his seizure. So she recognizes that there's a problem, but it's a problem that she doesn't want to face and it is a terror over her. Um, And it's something that she is going to have to live with if he does have, um, if he does have epilepsy or if he does have a brain tumor or whatever he has, it's something that she's going to live with. And it may be something that she'll blame on herself because I feel like that kind of is the kind of person she is. Um, And she even says, moreover, it wasn't just Connor's seizure. It was our seizure, my seizure. And it's, it's, it's her taking the blame on herself really. And in a way, I think she kind of wishes it was her, not Connor. I mean, all parents would wish that. I think oh, um, boy, because they and wouldn't. She's meant to protect him. Yeah, and she wouldn't. If you were a parent, you wouldn't want your child to suffer. You want to. You wouldn't want to watch them suffer. Um, and then she remembers something about a friend um, who lived next door to her for a short time when they were in high school, and this friend of hers had epilepsy, and she's remembering how she had to stop driving. Um, she said she was afraid to have children. Um, and if she ever got married and it's kind of that fear that Connor won't fulfill all of his things that he wants to do in life because of epilepsy and because if he gets sick he won't be able to do the things that normal people or what is classed as normal um, he won't be able to do those things and it's it's I, I find it really horrible that she's thinking that because I'm sure epilepsy doesn't get in the way of that I mean if you've got really really bad epilepsy then it may affect some of your day-to-day things. But I still think you can live a really good yeah, life definitely. if you have a positive mindset with anything. Yeah. Um, and then she said, I move like a robot all morning. I stare at the wall, then out the window. And it's kind of like that fear, that terror, that nightmare is really having an effect on her. And maybe it's not just that. I think it's the overall general situation. And it's finally taking effect on her. She's finally accepting this is happening. I have to deal with this. He is my child. Um, And then she had to make sure she'd thought of all the questions that nothing, I put nothing was left uncertain. Um, And she looked at Sam and said, this is making me crazy. And the use of punctuation here with the exclamation mark, um, I think it kind of represents frustration and desperation for everything to be okay. Um, she re- is making her crazy to the point that if she's not there for Connor, then it won't be okay. Um, that everything will just fall apart if she's not there. Um, and this, some of her questions that are described here, there's four of them. I found them quite interesting. They were questions that I think were quite overthought. Um, like the first one, will Connor ever be normal again? And she can't accept Connor not being what is classed in society as normal because just be- it's literally sticking a label on someone. You have epilepsy, you have, um, I don't know, you have a brain tumor, you have cancer. It's a label on somebody, and sometimes I feel like it's difficult for people to see past that label. Um, so once you're labelled, like once Connor will be labelled with epilepsy, then if loads of people know, then it's hard for him to accept it. Um, and then um, 
Oh, wait, where am I? Where am I? Oh, here. Will pe- the question two, will people treat him like a freak? And I wrote freak equals not normal because freak is seen as a word that describes like Shrek, for example. <laughs> it's probably a really bad example. Um, we all love like Shrek. A, like a monster. Yeah, we all love Shrek. <laughs> uh, and Donkey too. <laughs> um, but I feel like it kind of shows him as somebody who will not be normal he is a freak he's got that label um i feel like that's what she's worrying about that people will treat him like that and she even said or even homeschooled him until he had the appointment with the neurologist so she really wants to protect i feel like it's not just that the judgment from other people that affects like the effect that it will have on the whole family's reputation but also on connor it's that protection of him and his feelings not being hurt um and the la- uh, last two questions could madison have a seizure uh and i think that's kind of fear for her other daughter who has been mentioned a few times but n- the attention hasn't been on her at the moment it's all on connor and i think it's that fear that something else could go wrong with her other child um that she's been trying so hard to protect and then i feel like she would label herself as like a failure of a parent when it's not actually her fault um and she said was it possible that seizures were contagious like a cold and she's completely overthinking it because i'm pretty sure seizures are definitely not contagious um and i feel like it's something that she's so anxious about and so so worried about and she's just completely overthinking the situation when they haven't even had this appointment with the neurologist um, and I also wrote for could Madison have a seizure? It's also the family's reputation and health because if Madison has a seizure as well or epilepsy, then um, I feel like it would. She feels like people would look at the whole family as being freaks, like she described earlier. Um, and does Connor have epilepsy? That's also a part which I thought she was kind of overthinking and having concerns about. That's the main question. Um, yeah, that is the big. That is the bigger question. And that which I feel like she's sort being of very split into those questions that she's. That obviously you just talked yeah. about. Definitely, yeah. Um, she went into I think the kitchen. Yeah, the kitchen. Um, and Sam was in there, and they had a little conversation. He's trying. Sam was trying not to focus on the appointment. Um. And I feel like that kind of shows that both parents have concerns and are worried about what might happen to their little boy. And even though Sam's been away, um, which is kind of linked to what he says, he's describing a memory um, and he's remembering something and his smile faded. And I kind of thought um, that it's a good memory that he was having, that he remembered, but it's he's kind of probably now realising the amount of time that has passed when he was away and the amount of special memories that have probably passed as well that he couldn't experience with his son. And I feel like both parents are kind of scared if they lost Connor, which I'm sure they they won't, um, if they did or if something happened to their little boy, they won't have those moments anymore. Um, So I think they're just kind of completely overthinking the situation, but they're doing that as parents. They're not. They don't want anything to happen to their little boy. Um, and a bit further down the page, it says he stood up, and I felt like that was a kind of short 
abrupt, abrupt, I can't say that word, abrupt sentence. Um, and it kind of shows that she is analysing everything. Um, she's analysing Sam's behaviour. She's analysing Connor's behaviour. She notices even the small things that don't really matter. Um, and it could be because of the pressure that's on her at the moment with Connor. Um, or just in general, really. <laughs> Um, and then the next page, 179, she went upstairs to check on Connor and his door was closed. Um, and she's trying to remember how old she was when she began to shut her door. Um, and I feel like it's kind of a little bit of disappointment because Connor's not a little boy anymore. He is growing up and it's something that she's also having to accept. Um, and I think this really shows as he's getting sick. It's something that he he's kind of proven to her that he is growing up. Um, and I just know, I just found that quite yeah. interesting. Um, then he's protesting. He didn't want to go to the neurologist. He was scared. He doesn't like needles. And I feel like it could be that he's getting negative energy from his parents because his parents are so anxious, so worked up and so panicky about this. That I feel like it could have an effect on their little boy as well, you know, that Connor. It could have an effect on Connor. Because I think even as a little child, if something goes wrong, you can kind of sense that from your parents, even if they say that it's okay. Um, and then he began to hit the floor with both fists. He's not going to go. He doesn't want to go. Um, however, Sam came in and he does connor doesn't resist like he doesn't off it says here connor offered no further resistance not when his father was in this mood so he knows he cannot mess around with his dad um which i found quite interesting and it could reflect of like the army life that sam had and connor knows what it was like or knows part of what it was like probably not all of it um and then they get and got in the car Sam appeared calm and in control, but I saw that his breathing was fast. He glanced at Connor, uh, and then they kind of both are concerned with Connor, really. Um, but when she notices that his breathing was fast, I feel like she kind of sees it as fear that Sam is fit, like scared as well. He's got fear for his son, um, and he's anxious. Uh, and I saw his lips move silently behind. Oh, so she's now looking at Connor as well. Uh, Sam's obviously still driving um, and she notices that his fingers are pressed against his mouth and his lips are moving silently behind them and I feel like that anxiety that Sandra was having about him it's kind of rubbed off on him and he's so scared about this appointment and I don't know if you had to go to any appointments like this Will but um, it probably would be super scary oh, yeah, I went to many I went to many different doctors and what well- I guess for me, it was not knowing what I was going to have in that appointment or what was the out, what the outcome was going to be. Like one, they, we just went to an appointment and then that ended in blood tests. And be me being what I was six or seven, I was terrified. Yeah, and it was just the unknown, I guess, fear of the unknown. And I think that kind of just shows that it doesn't really matter how old you are because the parents are. They could be 40, they could, they're could they parents, you know, they're the average parent age probably. And they're scared as well. They're adults and they're scared. And as a child, and probably when you, you were like six or seven, 
it's seeing other people around you being scared and it's kind of instinct instinct for you to be scared as well um and then no one uttered a sound and i feel like they all have this deeper understanding that they're all scared you know they all don't know what it's going to be like like you said it's it's that not knowing um of what is the future is going to hold basically yeah. um and then i noticed this little bit so he play, uh, sam placed his hand on sandra i moved my hand away from his and onto my lap i saw him shrug out of the corner of my eye so it's this distance between them and connor can probably pick that up as well um and connor announced he would count all the blue cars that he passed i found that quite interesting because he also counts the birds but that is something that i know uh, from like personal experience as well that it can be when you're scared or when you're anxious about something that you count things i used to do that um and it's that anxiety that's building up and you just i don't know why it was kind of automatic for me. I used to, when we were in the car or something, I used to just count cars or count lampposts and things. But I used to be super OCD with it and I'd restart. But yeah, that doesn't really matter. Um, but I feel like he's scared and that's one of the ways that, I think that's kind of a coping strategy for that. Um, and then they arrive and Connor kind of, he says, oh man, and he's kind of scared, I think. I mean, he's been scared the entire way through, but it's kind of that realisation he has to go in, he has to face his fears. And he, uh, Sandra said, I saw his widened eyes bore into his father's. And I feel like that sentence shows that he's searching for reassurance um, in his father because his mum is obviously showing some signs of anxiety or panic or worry for his son which all parents do but he's now looking in the other parent for some reassurance some guidance almost um and then he sees lots of other kids um i don't know it was just this scene is kind of interesting because it's a hospital almost or a doctor's surgery and it's kind of scary as a little child going into a massive building and seeing all these other sick people, I feel like it's a realization that that could be him as well, and it's not just um it's not just just him, it could be him. It's not just him who's got this slight sickness, it's everybody around him um, and then it's kind of lots of opinions from Sandra analyzing everyone, seeing. And then the last line from 181, page 181. Connor looked taller and skinnier. And I thought that could be related to an illness or what Sandra thinks is an illness. It's probably not related to epilepsy at all. I'm not sure. It's probably just him growing. Um, yeah, epilepsy does make you quite skinny. I got really skinny, but that's because I, I didn't eat much because I felt really sick all the time because of my seizures. But I think, yeah, epilepsy does have something to do with um, yeah. being skinny. Um, and then she's kind of just giving him some reassurance by, like, smiling at him and giving his hand a squeeze. Um, and then this bit was really interesting. I turned Connor away from the wall display of brochures. 
titled EEG and epilepsy. And I feel like she doesn't want him to know what can happen. Um, yeah, I don't know. She just, she really just doesn't want him to realise and have that realisation of what could be going on with him. Um, and then there's lots more sick people that he sees. Um, and then she's kind of just chatting a little bit to this uh, really lovely lady called Hannah. Um, but she really analyzes this lady Hannah who's at the reception desk. As she does to everyone else. Yeah, but she, I don't know, she just notices all, it's really shown in this chapter, I think, that she really notices every single little thing with people. Um, no matter, yeah, little things as well, not just big things. So it doesn't really matter about how big they are. Um, she notices the deep blue eyes, the short silver hair, um, and these earrings. And I just felt like that was quite interesting because she could also have that self-comparison um, and she's comparing herself to this lady. But then she says that she's not very pretty. <laughs> um, but I don't know, I just felt like she really does that a lot. And that is probably some self judgment mixed in there as well um and that oh oh wait wait wait. there and then the last couple of lines and there he goes again with these shot worries i thought and i thought this shot worry that could have an else and he's just really sorry did you finish the chapter <laughs> yeah sorry, oh, sorry. <laughs> it cut out for some reason sorry. oh um but yeah so he is waiting in the waiting room um and they follow a dr hal o'rourke who is the neurologist that um, they're seeing into his office. First thing she detects is the aromas of cinnamon, apple, and coffee. Yeah, I didn't see any lunch leftovers or candles or anything. I like this because this makes me think back to Doctor Choi's office and when she smelt the um, curry, wasn't it? The curry was it Chinese? Oh yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. Oh, it was garlic. That was it. And then he says, "Oh, I just finished my lunch and it was like midnight." And I thought it was quite funny. It was. It sort of. Um, contrasts Dr. Choi, who eats his lunch at 12pm, and then the lovely smells of cinnamon, apple and coffee. They're just natural. Um, and then she meets Dr. O'Rourke. Her heart immediately quickens. So she's really nervous about meeting Dr. O'Rourke, and this builds up throughout the whole book, and now it's finally the time. I think she's good. she researched him a lot, and she had lots of good things about him. And she... I guess... She thinks he's so good that he is going to diagnose her son with epilepsy and she doesn't want that. Um, but at the same time, she wants him to so he can help. Um, it's sort of like 50-50. Um, and Dr. O'Rock smiled even more broadly as he extended his hand to Connor. So he's just, I guess she's getting good vibes from him because obviously this is the first impression and she's getting good vibes and just um i f- yeah just good vibes i guess sorry i felt like that was yeah. quite important because it kind of shows that she trusts um she trusts definitely. him yeah definitely um and she shakes his hand his small palm was icy cold um and i thought that was quite i guess contrasting to his good first impression and just 
icy cold. Um, or maybe it's just her, you know, uh, her own self anxiety and thinking, icy cold. Is this is this bad? Um, and then Connor meets him. His broad grin exposed a chip, a small chip of his left lower front tooth. So she's probably thinking, this is really grand. He's wearing a nice bow tie. He's really smiley. And then she sees a little chip of his left lower front tooth. Um, and then she she just she she analyzes everyone, Sandra. Literally everyone she meets, <laughs> yeah. even if she doesn't know them, she just analyzes them. Every small detail. Um, and then they start talking about Connor's love for mythology and history and the doctor really likes that and sort of they sort of get along immediately over this subject and he smiles oh she smiles and just feels really happy so she's oh Sam grinned as well which doesn't happen very often um so she's like this is gonna work I trust this man um they look at his results everything seems normal which is another good thing um this is the thing you know everything's normal so like he's got a really good IQ, all his tests are normal. Yeah, I don't know. It just—it's hard to explain. Um, and then he shows him some pictures of the brain, and Connor is just really like, "Wow, that's my brain! It looks so cool. It looks just like on the TV shows. Although this is way cooler. That's really my brain." I just thought it was quite funny because I thought Connor would be like, "So that's what's causing me to go crazy." But he's like, "That's really cool." So you know, it's a good start and. I think we, as readers, it gives us the insight that Dr. O'Rourke is a good doctor and a good neurologist and it's going to help us and Connor find out what's wrong with him. Um, and, yeah, they talk. They just talk a bit more about some exams. Um, oh, yeah. And then a thin handle with a pointed M protruded from the side pocket of his white coat. I glanced over the frame diplomas and certificates on the wall. I got a sense that they were staring down at my son and modern medical science and all of its mystery were about to scrutinise him. My hands were cold. That's such a great line. All those certificates, basically all his awards saying he's such a great doctor and because he's such a great doctor, he's going to get the truth out of Connor, which is not going to be good. I, I think that's a really, really good metaphor that um, Lance Fogan's used. Um I appreciated how Dr. O'Rourke reassured our boy. So she knows he's going to be nice, but she knows it can't all be nice and happy and tests were normal. She knows that there's, there's something coming. There's a storm coming. Um, and then I thought this was quite interesting. Connor asks, Mum, can you tell me what happened? So they're talking about the convulsion. He doesn't remember a thing, which I think is really, really interesting. That he, he generally, I mean, he um i think this is i think a bit later they talk about dings and what they are but um he doesn't really know what's going on inside him and what happened and why they're here um which for him must be quite scary to not know what's going on with yourself and to not remember anything um and then they ask whether they can stop the um Delantin, which is the medication he's on, and he says, "We'll see, Mrs. Golden." And I mean, all the tests are normal. And he said, "Let me find out a bit more. I need more information." And I think Sandra gets good vibes from that and is like, "May yes, maybe we can stop it." Um, she beams at Sam. Yes, he was he was confirming what I'd learned from the internet. <sighs> Sandra, the internet is not going to tell you everything about Connor. 
the internet is going to show a lot of variety of epilepsy and every person's epilepsy is different every person's epilepsy works in different ways um like i never had a convulsion but then my normal seizures were a lot worse than what Connors have and i think we learn more about them in the uh chapters come and it's just like don't trust the internet get off the internet and listen to dr o'rourke who knows what he is actually talking about um uh yeah and then they just they just talk more about connor and what's going on oh and then he says dr o'rourke turned and addressed his patient connor have you ever blanked out when you're thinking about something uh, like what I looked at Connor, sounded too. Why did Connor say that? I got this uneasy feeling that Connor somehow understood what the doctor was hinting at. That everything's good, because obviously she doesn't know about his seizures. She doesn't know about his uh, seizures and what's been going on. She only sees the convulsion. And she... To think that there's more going on and it's not just a convulsion probably worries her. Um, adds even more worry than she already has Um, and then they basically talk more about what these seizures are I love this line Connor leaned forward in his chair and dug his fingers hard into the edge of the doctor's desk I saw white at their tips well um, sometimes I get these uh, you know I get this funny this ding feeling I don't know, I and then something else has happened and I don't know what. Hint hint wait, hint hint the name of the book, Ding. Yeah. This is the first time we hear the name of the book, Ding. So Ding is his word for seizure because he doesn't really know what they are and what's going on with him, so he just calls them dings. I think it's a great name. Um I called mine fits, which is the old fashioned word for seizure, by the way, everyone. Um Yeah, and for his mum and dad, they must be thinking. So there has been stuff going on that we haven't known about. Um, uh, and then she... Oh, yeah. And then he says that his schoolwork is not good, obviously. And Mrs. Dorsey, Mrs. Dorsey gets mad at him. And then Sandra's immediate reaction, Mrs. Dorsey gets mad at you? I have a feeling that um, Sandra really doesn't like Mrs. Dorsey. I'm getting those... Yeah. Uh, and then to think that she's getting mad at him because of something that he can't control. Just thinking, how dare that woman do that to my child? Um, and he's like, well, did you finish? Did you need more time for your test? Which was it? What's wrong? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. He doesn't know what's going on with him. He doesn't know what to say. He doesn't know what these dings are. He, I mean, he doesn't know what happened in his convulsion. It's like... You know, I just feel so sorry for him. Um, and then that leads on to page 193, where you're going to take over. So that was really well said, all of that. It was quite, yeah, I feel like these few chapters are quite full on and very descriptive of what's going on with Connor. Yeah, and we learn what dings are. Yeah. Um, so the first few lines, uh, it says, what was he saying? None of this made sense. And it's kind of that overthinking and anxiety again that, mm, yeah. that I don't know, it's just, she cannot stop. <laughs> Her brain is always ticking over. Um, and then it's kind of questioning Connor. Um, and he 
he said he says his chin uh, she describes him and she says his chin trembled he and then he sobbed um he's really scared and he wiped his cheek with his sleeve and i feel like he knows there's something wrong with him but he doesn't know what it is like you said he doesn't know what a seizure is um so he's he's aware i think cuz by the time you're eight, I'm pretty sure you're kind of a little bit more aware of what's going on with yourself. Yeah, um, you know what life is and yeah, life, how you're living. And I feel like he knows there's something going on with him, but he just does not know what it is. And I guess um, he doesn't see anyone else having it as well. No. I think that's the thing with children. They learn from other people and see how other people live. No one else has this bit here. Definitely, definitely. So that makes me confused. Um, and then it's this smell this bit really surprised me and i've never heard of this so i don't know if you had this as well um but there's this smell that he can smell without eating anything Um, and i think he describes it as burning rubber somewhere yes that's a type of seizure he's having a focal seizure which is a type of seizure um i had different seizures to him i had tonic clonic seizures um where I basically lost control of my body. But, I mean, yeah. His, he just he basically zones out in his seizures. And, yeah, that's basically what happens in focal seizures. And I feel like this little bit here, he kind of gets this understanding from somebody, from this uh, neurologist. He, this doctor knows what's going on, and Connor finally has found somebody that understands. Um, yeah. And... Uh, this bit found me quite I was just kind of surprised that Sandra would act like this she looked at Sam what was Connor talking about why had he hidden this Sandra is panicked she's worried Um, yeah again Um, and then Connor gets I feel like the punctuation here is quite interesting so I don't know Connor and then there was an exclamation mark and it's frustration I think because all these questions, and it's something that he doesn't even understand himself, because he's still little, even though he's eight years old, it's something that, like you said, he cannot see around him, um, and he does not understand. Um, And then Sandra, I feel like, is kind of stressed and in shock, because he goes, I don't even know what Connor's talking about, I've never seen anything like that. Um, And again, an exclamation mark, and it kind of expresses that, like, real shock, have you um and she's addressing sam and it's kind of that accusation towards sam um and then again this bit kind of accusation however this is towards connor which this is the bit that really shocked me that she would speak to connor like this when he's still um got all this going on and he's just so i don't know i feel like he's scared himself and if it was me, it would not help if one of my parents was shouting at me like this or accusing me like this. So she says, my eyes narrowed and my voice got louder. Connor, these have been happening for a year or more. Why didn't you say something? Uh, why didn't you tell us? And it's kind of an accusation of him not telling her how, like, what's going on with him. And I don't think he did it deliberately. I genuinely think he did not know what was going on or maybe he thought everybody has it but it's just nobody talks about it um and i feel like she's also a bit confused 
and he's going to be confused himself. Yeah. Um, and he's very nervous. I kind of get all these ellipses, if that's even like the plural of ellipsis, <laughs> <laughs> ellipses, um, kind of shows that he's nervous. He doesn't really understand what he's saying, what's going on. And suddenly there's this neurologist who just understands everything. Um, and I just felt like, to know, there was a lot of shock, a lot of understanding in this chapter, but a lot of nerves and fear as well. Um, and then he started to sob again. Uh, and she tried to smother her panic tone. But it's still, there's a lot between the doctor and the mum and Connor. There's a lot of panic from the from Sandra. There's a lot of nerves from Connor. And I think the doctor is probably going to be picking up on this and looking across at the parents and realising this, this is something that hasn't obviously been discussed at home. Um, and then there's bedwetting. Um, Again. And then, yeah, and she... I feel like she kind of embarrassed Connor, but it's something that's probably disgusting. Like, a doctor doesn't find that weird, but Connor gets super embarrassed, um, which is kind of understandable. Um, and in the next few pages, again, yeah. he's Connor's unsure. Um, and this bit, I just love this line. Yeah, I feared more bad news. She really doesn't like the idea of Connor being sick and Connor having anything wrong with him. She really doesn't no, like that idea. I mean, no one would, but she, no, she still can't accept it. She, she, she cannot fully accept it. And I thought at the beginning, from chapter 23, the beginning of this episode, she was finally accepting it. And then yeah. slowly I realised maybe she isn't. Um, and then, she wants to, but just can't. Yeah. Um, and then she looked at Sam, who finally spoke up, and I feel like she was just, she felt like probably she was taking charge, and he was just yeah. sat there. She felt alone. Yeah, she felt like she was fighting this battle with Connor alone. Um, and then Connor obviously gets super stressed, because there's needles, and he really doesn't oh, like yeah. the idea of needles. But oh, um, Sam finally spoke up, and I feel like he was kind of showing his knowledge, kind of really scared me. Not scared me, shocked me, sorry, shocked me. <laughs> Um, he kind of just knew straight away what was going on. Yeah. Um, and then Connor obviously gets super panicked about needles. Um, and then I think, yeah, they talk about MRI. Yeah. Um, which everyone with epilepsy will have an MRI. Um, it's basically an X-ray of the brain. It takes about half an hour. I had like two, I think. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's why you go on. Um, and then. He kind of sees some reassurance from the doctor who says there won't be any um, injections or or needles involved unless it's absolutely necessary. Um, and then this metaphor, which is, I love it. We're going to become a team. From now on, we're going to be working, like playing together for a long time. I'm going to be your coach. You are the star player. I'll give you your rules and your plays. Your mum and dad will be our, like our team trainers. I'll tell you what the team will do. It should capture Connor's cooperation. Brilliant. <laughs> I smiled at my son and touched his back. Um, and then the doctor said, she, he looked at, uh, it's a he, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, he looked at the parents and he said, I know this can be all be confusing. So I feel like he's kind of picking up on that unsure, that nerves, that fear. But we don't usually find a cause of epilepsy. And I feel like this is the moment where it's kind of the hinting towards that Connor probably has epilepsy. Um, because he said, we don't usually find a cause to epilepsy. And I just felt like you know, it shocked the parents who thought there was going to be nothing wrong, who thought this would all, it could just be like, a, I don't know, not the flu, obviously, but um, it could just be something small that's going on with Connor and it will just pass. Um, but I feel like they've kind of got that realisation moment from a neurologist who's just spent time with Connor and tested him a little bit and asked him what's going on to then give him the diagnosis of epilepsy because he's saying there isn't always um, like a way to find out where it's come from. And that's all I got for the rest of that chapter. Oh, lovely. And now we're on to our final chapter, chapter 25. Epilepsy, or my denial, my protective armour, shattered. Great metaphor. She she knows he's, she, I think this whole time she knows that he has epilepsy, but she's like, no, he, he can't. It's probably not epilepsy. It's, it's, just, it's probably something else. And she's trying to convince herself that it's not. And then now he finally is admitting it's epilepsy. She's just thinking, oh, okay, I have to accept the truth, but I don't want to. She still can't accept the truth even when it's told all my protective armour shattered. Um, and I guess it's something she hasn't experienced because with a child, you know what they're going through as a child because you've experienced it yourself whilst she's never had this before. So she she, she can't protect him anymore if he got... Well, she can protect him, but, y- you know, she can't protect him in certain ways. Um this is epilepsy oh god it's reality it, it, it is reality for her now this is going to be his life it's going to be her life it's going to be sam's life it's going to be madison's life you know um and i guess it's the label could he have convulsions could he not lead a normal life um but then he goes mr and mrs golden we say a person has epilepsy when he has had more than one seizure connor's dings are all seizures this confirms it He's had multiple seizures for over a year now, so he's had epilepsy for over a year. Um, and actually, considering his epilepsy isn't that bad, he, his, I mean, his dings aren't too. I mean, obviously they're serious, and it'd be better if he didn't have them. But it's not as bad as Sandra's picturing it to be. You know, it, it generally isn't. If if he's on medication, he can lead a normal life. Um, this takes me back to when I first got diagnosed. And me, I didn't know, I didn't know if I was going to lead a normal life, but on medication, I was absolutely fine. If he's on the medication, he will be fine. Um, and she's like, how could I miss them? How could I not seen them? Blaming herself. I'm meant to be his parent. Love, you're not, you're, you're <laughs> not going to see them. Because, oh my God. Oh. Love, you, love, you're not going to see them. Because you don't know what they look like. Don't blame yourself. Sandra, if you're listening, well, you're obviously a <laughs> book character. Um, any mums out there um, who have children who may be with epilepsy and are blaming themselves for it, um, like you, of course, you're going to miss him. You don't, you don't know what's going on with him. Literally, what I just said. Um, 
Yeah, Sam's clenched his fists and is like, he's probably done. He's got home and he wants everything to be normal. And then his son has epilepsy and he's got all this stuff to deal with on top of his PTSD. Yeah. Um, and then they just talk about epilepsy, what it is. Um, yeah. Seizure disorder is another name for epilepsy. Didn't know that, actually. Um, basically, uh, Dr. O'Rourke just is educating them about epilepsy and what it is. And it's still contrast the beginning where they were hoping they could stop him on the medication. They were hoping things might get better and that Dr. O'Rourke was going to sort it out and confirm it as something else other than epilepsy. And now it is epilepsy. And Dr. O'Rourke, being you know, being nice to everyone has had to give them news that it's epilepsy. Um, uh, he asked a few more questions to affirm that his mental functions are intact. So he's, he's ju- he just does a few tests um, and the boy beans, Connor. Connor has no idea what's going on, you know. Um, oh, yeah. And then it goes on. And he says, you're a very smart eight-year-old. He is a smart eight-year-old. He's really, really smart. It's just these dings are getting in the way. Dings. Um, um, oh, he asked Sam, do you smoke, young man? Oh, no, no he's asking Connor. So he's asking Connor, do you smoke, young man? Which I thought was quite funny. Our son twisted in his chair and laughed. No. The, 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 the cyclist. Oh, yeah. The cyclist at school. The first icky one. She wanted to know if I was married. That was funny. So she, he's talking about the psychologist at school, the woman. The cyclist. If you were married. The, the cyclist cyclist well that was quite funny um and i remember when i went for one of my appointments they asked me if i was married so it was quite funny <laughs> don't know why they asked me because i, I was like i, was I guess in some time. places you could age, get but... married yeah i guess but i mean i'm a british citizen and i think they have that america so i'm 13 yeah like... i don't know i was yeah. asked my anyway. birthday once like four times <laughs> just to make sure oh. yeah i thought that was quite funny um Oh, and then he says he has to go to the bathroom. His voice had become tremulous again. Can't you wait until the doctor's finished? No! Oh my gosh. He practically shouted and cast a sidelong glare at me. He hitched up his pants and hopped a few times, so he's desperate. And I wonder if he might be having a ding or something, because it's so sudden. It's not like... um, It's just very sudden, I need the toilet. And obviously when he has a ding, he needs the toilet, so maybe he's getting that rubbery smell. And he wants to get out of the room so people don't see him. Maybe he just really needs the bathroom. Maybe it's just linked. I don't know. Um, and then she says, so he goes. And she says, you really think he has epilepsy, don't you, doctor? Of course it's epilepsy. He just rammed it down our throats. I was so blind. <laughs> you're not blind, Sandra. Stop blaming yourself, please. I know you're not real, but please. Just... Yeah. And then she, he tells her that he has complex partial epilepsy, also known as uh, mesial temporal lobe epilepsy. Um, and the seizures are focal seizures. Um, and they just, she basically she can't accept. He's like, Connor has epilepsy. Connor, please, you sure Connor has epilepsy? You sure? I'm sure. She just still can't accept it. Um, Dr. Rex was in his chair around to face the computer on the desk extension. Duck, 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 duck. The keys spoke as he typed. Um, thought that was quite a good metaphor. Um, yeah. I think it's the, you know, constant tapping. Um, 
and it's it's done. It's confirmed. So he's just gonna he's got he gets all the information in. I think that's what it sort of means. Um <clears throat> flickering lights can induce seizures. That's what everyone thinks epilepsy is most people, because in some films or if you go to the cinema or PlayStation, if you have a PlayStation, don't know it's on Xbox, it will say photosensitive epilepsy, which is one type of epilepsy caused by flickering lights. Um that is a type of epilepsy. And um yeah. Just yeah. Uh uh Was it better to say people with epilepsy was called an epileptic or was he a child of epilepsy? I generally don't know what the term is. I think it's just person with epilepsy. Like um yeah. I was just will. No one ever called me person with epilepsy. Um, this is what she needs to stop worrying about. People aren't going to say, oh, there's epileptic boy, person with epilepsy. They're going to call him Connor. They're not going to care if he has epilepsy or not. Um, yeah, and then... Oh, yeah, then he tells him to strip all the way down to his underpants, which I thought was quite funny. Um, and then he basically has to do some examinations. And... Yeah, and then she... Ba- and I think... The ending of the chapter is her blaming herself again. Um, why did Dr. Choi, Dr. Jackson, Dr. Thomas, the school, why didn't they figure it out? What's wrong? Why can't they see this? Uh, why did it take so long? And me, his mother, he, I'm his mother. I meant to be his mother, protect him and try and teach him how to live a normal life. Um, I was the worst of all. It's so sad, um, to be honest. Um yeah, and it just ends with um, Sandra blaming herself. So quite a happy start, but quite a sad ending, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you for listening. Literally just said that. Um, we'll have episodes every Wednesday and Friday. So our next episode will be Friday at 4 p.m. Um our socials are at thebook.corner underscore on Instagram, linked in the description of this episode. Also linked is our email, thebookcorner7 at gmail.com contact number and also our suggestions and questions form anonymous, by the way. If you have any suggestions and questions about the book, podcast, anything to do with the podcast, it's anonymous, just send them through um, to help make the listening experience better. Thank you, everyone. And we will see you on Friday. Bye. Hold tight, you're slowly coming